We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 11 Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, here with my good friends Tyler Beaker and Scott Barrett. Uh, Scott, what's up, my dude? How was Week 10 for you? Uh, I had a good uh, good Week 10 on the secondary sites like Fantasy Draft and Yahoo. Uh, my DraftKings cash teams ended up being a dumpster fire, but some tournament teams came through from there. I'm chalking it up as a, a pretty solid win uh, for Team Britt over here. Uh, how, how did uh, how'd Scott handle it in uh, in uh, I think it was I think it was mostly a, a neutral week for me, um, but uh, I think I think I had good calls on last week's podcast. Did I did I talk up Aaron Jones? I I, I don't remember, but I, I think we Tyler and I both had some good calls last week, so hopefully uh, we can keep that rolling forward. Yeah, lots of always always we always got good calls, Scott. We only talk about the good, never about the bad. That's how you uh, that's how you prosper in life, right? You just forget about the bad, only the good. Uh, Tyler, you get into the sheet so early. When I go to look at it, I already forget what we talked about last week. DFS with basketball, football, all this other stuff I got going on. Um, hard to remember what we talked about last week. Uh, how'd your week kind of go? I was brutal in tournaments. I went heavy on Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, it was just a Tyreek day, though, and that happens. Um, with this offense, I thought they had a chance to go nuclear against a terrible Arizona defense. They kind of didn't really do that. Um, so tournaments were lackluster for me. Cash games weren't that great either. Uh, I'm in kind of in need of a bounce back week here, to be oh, honest. We got you. We'll, we're we're gonna get a good. We're gonna get. I'm good, ready now. I'm ready. Get a good week for everybody. Uh, so if you missed last week, uh, we dropped the dud segment. Um, talking about duds doesn't get the needle moving. Doesn't make it go from six to midnight, right? So we're gonna add in some more. Uh, we're gonna add in some more value plays. Uh, some more talk on that. Not talk about players that we we don't really want to play, but more of the players that we do want to play. So let's start this off. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to go with you at quarterback. We're still going to talk about the studs. And there's a couple of guys you can make case for. You got Drew Brees at home in the Coors field of DFS, right? Everybody knows that. You got Carson Wentz opposite of him. You've highlighted Cam Noon on the road in Detroit. Um, I'm always a little worried the pace of Detroit, right? That's really slow. Uh, why is that not deterring you this week? Yeah, I mean, both these teams are kind of middling in pace, but I don't think they're either one or like going at a snail's crawl either. It's just kind of middle of the pack. But uh, I think Cam Newton's a really smart uh, cash game play this week. We're going to see Drew Brees draw a ton of ownership. And I'm just probably going to pivot to a quarterback here like Cam, who has just as high of a ceiling in Cam Newton. Um, Detroit's coming off a 39-point drubbing by Mitchell Trubisky last week. They've allowed multiple passing touchdowns in 7 of 9. If Detroit was afraid of Mitchell Trubisky's wheels last week, where he ran for 18 yards and a touchdown, uh, look out for Cam, who now leads all quarterbacks in rushing fantasy points. Averaging a robust 39 rushing yards per game, you're essentially getting a touchdown right off the bat with Cam. He's also doing some of the most accurate throwing of his career, completing over 70% of his dropbacks in three straight games. That's a feat he's only been able to manage once in his eight-year career. A Detroit could make that a fourth straight game, considering they're currently allowing opponents to complete a nice 69% of their attempts against. And they might be without top cornerback Darius Slay, who is limited on Wednesday after not practicing all last week. Yeah, I think uh, I think Slay probably returned to a limited practice. I would expect Slay to get in there. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really too concerned about Darius Slay for Cam Newton. He gets so much of his uh, yeah. so much of his fantasy points on the ground. Lots of targets for him to spread around the ball too. If he wants to avoid Darius Slay, I don't really think it should be too hard. 6,200 for Cam Newton. 
that seems pretty good to me. Um, quarterback, there's a lot of quarterbacks I like this week. Scott's got another one lined up. Uh, he's going a little bit cheaper for your studs. Everybody's going to tell you to play Breeze, play Wentz, um, play Cam Newton like Tyler. Scott's going a little cheaper. He's got Deshaun Watson, 5,700. The bye week, Scott, if I had broken ribs and a bruised lung and anything else Deshaun Watson's dealing with as an NFL player, um, I'm, I'm probably feeling a little bit better after a week off. Yeah, so that definitely helps. But this is also arguably one of the toughest players in the NFL. You know, if, if anyone who knows his story uh, growing up, uh, mom had cancer, um, you know, really, really tra tragic and amazing story. Uh, also went through a lot in college, too. Uh, he's a tough guy, so not too worried about the injuries. And, and, and like you said, yeah, uh, the bye week's going to help. Uh, and if you just look back at his, his numbers – through weeks two through four, he ranked fourth among all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. Remember last season, he put together uh, the most fantasy points per game of any quarterback in any season uh, ever. Um, so fourth in fantasy points per game, uh, weeks two through four. Then he got hurt the next week against Dallas. He's on an injury report uh, against Buffalo, arguably the toughest quarterback matchup. Uh, then he had another tough matchup the next week in Jacksonville. Then he threw for five touchdowns against Miami on like 20 attempts. And then another tough matchup in Denver, and he still scored 20.3 fantasy points. That was two weeks ago, then the bye week. And now he gets Washington, who is very sneakily uh, one of the top pass funnel defenses in the NFL. 75% of their yard yardage allowed has been via the pass that ranks second most in the NFL. Um, but really, I think I think Carson Wentz was the guy I wanted to write up as my stud. Uh, but uh, uh, Tyler has him as his value play, so you can use that as your segue. Yeah, uh, Watson too. You got to think uh, the rushing ability is probably going to be there a little bit more. If you're, you know, are you going to run? I mean, Deshaun Watson, right? You said he's a pretty tough, dude. He's probably not going to care about his broken ribs and lung issues, and he's still going to try to run. But he's probably going to feel a little bit more confident this week after the bye. Um, certainly going to help in the, the combat sport that football is for him to have that time off. Uh, let's talk Wentz here, Tyler. Uh, you want to talk Andrew Luck too? I uh, think both those pretty good plays this week. Wentz, no semblance of a passing game for him, right? They just want to throw. They're in New Orleans. Um, what's his season high on attempts? 44 was – or no, he had a 50 at Tennessee earlier in the season. I don't know if he's going to break that, but I don't know. Getting into the, the mid to high 40s for attempts seems like something that's possible for him. You got Andrew Luck who he's back to Andrew Luck. He's got all his healthy weapons. Eric Ebron, people are just leaving him wide open for touchdowns. They don't know how to guard any of his targets right now. Um, he's getting wide open. This is an important divisional game uh, for him, too. It's at home. It's indoors. No weather concerns. You can't convince me either one of these guys are bad plays. Yeah, I really like Wentz here on FanDuel specifically. 7,700, the quarterback eight in pricing in this week's highest scoring game. Don't know what they were thinking there, but I'm biting. Uh, Saints are a pass funnel defense. They're adept at slowing the run. They're allowing the fewest rushing yards against while allowing the fifth most passing yards. Saints have allowed some massive fantasy addings to some of their opponents. Matt Ryan and Ryan Fitzpatrick both scoring 40-plus FanDuel points against them. Jared Goff coming off a 390-yard outing with three passing touchdowns last week. Wentz and the Eagles are top 13 in pass play percent. Should be dropping back more frequently as eight-point road dogs here. Wentz has dropped 20-plus Fandle points in five of his last six outings. Dating back to the beginning of 2014, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 21.2 Fandle points while playing in the Superdome. Uh, I just think he makes for a very strong cash play if you're playing on Fandle this week. Yeah, um, I, I definitely like that. Uh, you got to expect it. There's just, there is no run game in Philadelphia. They are going to be chucking the ball a lot. Uh, what, what about Andrew Luck, right? Um, we're going to talk about yep. the pace of this game and some notes that Pat Thorman has on it. But I don't know. I, I think we've got uh, Marcus Mariota, who's reemerged, right? He's passing good, that nerve issue. All he's got, um, I'm going to say, a full supply of healthy targets with still having Johnu Smith in there instead of Delaney Walker. But it looks like that offense is clicking. They got rid of Derrick Henry. They're playing Deion Lewis to kind of move. It's a more pass-friendly offense. I think Mariota's going to be able to put up some points, too. This is just another one like Jacksonville last week. Uh, I think this game's a pretty sneaky shootout. Yeah, and Mariota's health just makes this a much more competitive game going back and forth. I think we could see a lot of fantasy points here as a great low-key stacking game. Uh, Luck has thrown three or more touchdowns in six straight games, hasn't been sacked in four straight games. Uh, this Colts offense is rolling on all cylinders, and now they take on their divisional rival at home on the fast track indoors. 
I mean, I think it's a, a blow up spot here for Luck. He started the year off slow with a very low ADOT, still rehabbing, uh, but he's climbed his way into one of the league's, uh, into one of this year's best deep ball throwers. Uh, at PFF, we track deep balls as 20 plus yards. He's currently third in deep ball accuracy at 55.9% and third in QB rating on such throws at 130.5. Love stacking him with T.Y. Hilton here. I um, think he'll take advantage of that Malcolm Butler matchup that we love to target. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely love him as a play this week. Uh, get on board. Uh, ride luck to the promised land, uh, if you ask me. Scott, you've got some interesting names here. So we're going to really talk about some value. We've got Eli Manning sitting here at home on DraftKings at 5,200, right? But it's against Tampa Bay. He's got all the weapons. If you're ever going to play Eli Manning, this looks like the week. I guess we can put in uh, Baltimore quarterback should Joe Flacco not start, whether it's Lamar Jackson or Robert Griffin III. Um, you've got RG3 down. I think a lot of the talk um, earlier in the week is going to center around Lamar Jackson. So let's say they throw us a curveball and do start RG3. Um, why don't you go into a little bit of analysis on, on RG3 and you think he, if he's going to be a good play? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a curveball. I think they're going to start RG3 and, and not Lamar Jackson, though I expect – uh, Jackson and mix in if if it is Lamar Jackson um, you know easy must start of the week yeah he's my cash um, game quarterback if he starts yeah he's gonna be everyone's cash game quarterback he I don't think he's um, uh, really that talented or as a, a passer maybe not say talented but I, I think uh, right now at, at this stage of his career it, it's it, he's somewhat of a liability is not that accurate her PFFs data. Um, but that doesn't really matter when you see the production he's put up on the ground throughout his college career. Um, Google metrics that matter, Lamar Jackson, and, and you'll see the article I wrote there. He could, he could be, um, you know, Brock Osweiler at his worst through the air. And it doesn't matter if he's, you know, just 60% of, the mobile quarterback he was in college, um, he'd still be an easy QB one. If you uh, imagine if you get a, if you get a, a hundred and one rushing from a quarterback, it's it doesn't even like that's in his wheelhouse for sure. That that's six, nineteen fantasy points as a quarterback before you even attempt to pass. Right. I mean, back in the days like Tyrod Taylor, Tim Tebow, those were easy mid range QB ones and. You know, I, I think Lamar Jackson is better than both of them as a, a passer. So um, definitely easy must start. But I, I don't think he's going to be the starter. I think it's going to be RG3. Uh, and just just note, like, either way, they're both way too cheap in a great matchup. The Bengals uh, rank dead last in points allowed per drive. They're, they're giving up a, a ton on the ground, but they also rank dead last in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. This is just – you know, a really, really bad defense. Um, uh, Baltimore's the most pass-heavy team in the NFL. Maybe that that probably changes with Flacco out, but, um, you know, still too cheap. Uh, Eli, uh, he is the other cheap quarterback you're going to want to look at. Uh, Tampa Bay, we just talk about it a lot. They're a historically bad pass defense. They're giving up 2.56 passing touchdowns per game and opposing passer rating of 122.3. Uh, ranks worst in the league this year, but also would rank worst this past decade. Uh, Manning has, you know, surprisingly been somewhat confident in recent weeks. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he's someone I'd want to consider. Um, Tyler, I want to ask you, uh, we've got uh, Blake Bortles at home against Pittsburgh. Probably going to have to put up some points. Jacksonville defense, maybe it gets a little bit better. Um, but I don't know. It's been struggling a little bit. You got thoughts on Bortles? Uh, I don't think he threw a touchdown in either of his matchups against Pittsburgh last year. Um, Defenses don't matter. Okay, yeah, fair. But I don't know. That's just going to be my <laughs> response to, to, to that to that statement there. I don't know. I think he's interesting uh, as a tournament. Obviously, you're never going to play Blake Bortles in your cash teams, although did work when it was Blake Bortles' chalk week earlier this season. Did work out due to garbage time. But I don't know. I don't think he's the absolute worst play on the board. Um, I think that's going to do it for uh, – oh, Tyler, you want to talk a little bit too about Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I'm always worried he's going to get benched, but I think I've come to the conclusion after the start of last week's game and his play, Jameis Winston's not going to, unless Dirk Cutter gets fired, Jameis Winston's not going to come back on the field, right? There's this injury guarantee, or if Jameis Winston gets hurt, 
they owe him a, a ton of money next year and he's guaranteed to be on the roster. I've got to imagine they're at the point where they, they don't trust Winston and they probably don't want him on the roster next year. So I think this is Fitzpatrick's team barring a horrific pick six, three interception first half or something like that. I think it might be barring injury. Like I think it's yeah. his to stay. Um, I mean, this Buccaneers offense is one we've been targeting all year. They don't run the ball at all. Their defense is terrible. They just throw a ton. Uh, last week we saw them orchestrate over 500 yards of offense. They went for just three points, but they're putting up a ton of yardage on the ground and through the air. I mean, Fitz was shy of 20 DK points without scoring a touchdown last week. That's pretty absurd. Um, despite his poor outing last week, he didn't burn you in cash. And I don't think he will again this week against the Giants. Both Janoris Jenkins and BD and BW Webb rank outside our top 70 corners. The Giants have the seventh lowest pressure rate, and they combine with our third lowest graded pass rush unit. So they're not really getting after the quarterback, and they're giving time for Fitzpatrick to make his reads. I think he'll be able to complete them with all the weapons he has. Um, I, the Bucks are going to pass a lot, and that's pretty much it why Fitzpatrick's in play. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks this week. It's hard. I can – Drew Brees, Wentz, Newton, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Marcus Mariota. Maybe not Matthew Stafford, although, I don't know, you, you could talk me into that. Dak Prescott at Atlanta. Maybe he, he looks good with some of his – I don't think there's a bad, a bad quarterback play until you get to, like, Andy Dalton or somebody like that this week. I think there's a lot of viable ones. I'm going to be very interesting for tournaments this week, um, who you're picking your quarterback, who you're stacking them with. Um, I don't know. Just think it's going to be a fun week uh, for tournaments. Let's uh, let's get to Scott's opportunity knock segment. So Scott spends a lot of time every week with his actual opportunity article at Pro Football Focus. Uh, I've got it highlighted here. Uh, Scott, I want to talk about Carrion uh, Johnson. I want to talk about Keenan Allen. Uh, they're not the highlights of your article, um, but what did you find out about them? It looks like both of them uh, are, are looking to break out for the, uh, the second half of the season. Uh, so, yeah, uh, one of the guys I keyed on, in on last week was Aaron Jones, you know, is finally saw it coming yes. time to, to free him. And, and now carry on Johnson's uh, the hyper efficient running back who it looks like is about to be unleashed officially. Uh, he played on 71% of Detroit snaps last week, set a new high expected fantasy points after just setting another career high in expected fantasy points in week nine. That's despite Theo Riddick returning in week nine, um, really seeing great usage, uh, even including usage near the end zone um, and, and heavy target volume. That's going to be important this week, given the matchup, but uh, I like him quite a bit. Uh, who is the other names? Uh, you, you We've got Keenan up? Allen. Second half Keenan Allen is a thing and it seems like it's happening again. Yeah, it might be. Um, so he, he complained about a lack of targets in week seven and on a market share basis, he's ranked top five since then. Uh, the issue with him and the chargers this week is that, uh, so since week five, uh, they rank dead last in, in passing plays per game. They're also like seven point favorites and Keenan Allen's going to go up against Chris Harris jr. So, uh, he's definitely not in play, uh, for me this week. Um, but I will say, uh, he is someone to keep in mind, uh, moving forward, mm -hmm. uh, as someone who should see and continue to see better usage. Um, some other interesting names, David Johnson is back. Uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, is, is seeing a, a, a much bigger workload through the air. And I think that's important. Um, Julian Edelman is just quietly seeing a fantastic workload um adam humphreys he is a really tough matchup this week but uh, uh he's he's ranked highly by this metric as well leonard Fournette, another guy don't sleep on him massive uh usage in week 10 yeah let's get to running back tyler and run just like running quarterback right there's a lot of good running quarterback plays all right melvin gordon good play Alvin Kamara, good play. James Conner, good play. Saquon Barkley, good play. Ezekiel Elliott, good play. David Johnson, good play. Leonard Fournette, good play. Uh, I don't know. I might just play all the high-priced running backs again. This is what I like to do. They're all in really good spots. How are we differentiating here of a top one? Uh, I'm differentiating by mass <laughs> multi-entering. Yes, that's, that is the correct answer. Because <laughs> I think all of these guys are in play, like you mentioned. It's hard to find any warts against them this week. All could be in potential blow-up spots, and I don't want to miss out on any 
Uh, one of the guys I want to prioritize, especially for like cash games, is Melvin Gordon, just because he has that high rushing floor, uh, high receiving floor. He's coming off a of five for 72 and one receiving stat line last week. Um, guy has a great matchup here against Denver. Um, he's only scored one touchdown in five career games against the Broncos, which is kind of surprising. But I think that could change this year with how welcoming their defense is to opposing backs. The Broncos have allowed the seven most rushing yards to opposing RBs, nine touchdowns in nine games. Uh, the squad has allowed two 200-yard rushers already this season. They're allowing a healthy 4.9 yards per carry to opposing backs. And like Scott mentioned earlier, they're seven-point favorites. Uh, it's hard to find any faults with Gordon. Yeah, Chargers are a good team. Uh, 8,900 consistent. Eckler, too, is a great thing. His usage has really dwindled off uh, as the season has progressed. They are giving the ball to Melvin Gordon all the time. They're giving him all the targets. Eckler barely seeing the field uh, now. So uh, I, I like Melvin Gordon. Scott, the only problem, uh, I don't know, do you have a strong take on any of these guys? I can play all of them. I current, how, do, how, how does Saquon Barkley at home against Tampa Bay? How does that not work out? How does Ezekiel Elliott against Atlanta? I was on Zeke last week on the Thursday slates. I played him on Yahoo. Absolute smash. Philadelphia's fake run defense. They are not a good run. They're just a really bad defense. I think Philadelphia could get boat raced out of the Superdome too, by the way. Do you got any strong takes? Is there one of these guys you have to have? Or I'm, I'm kind of like Tyler, um, you know, playing tournaments. I would just, I don't know, I'd get 30% of all these guys to make sure I'm overweight the field on all of them and just cycle them through all my teams over and over. No, I, I don't have a bold take on any of these guys. I, I like all of them so much. And, you know, it's definitely a very close tier. You brought up Ezekiel Elliott. By my data, he's actually had uh, – uh, I think either the toughest or the second toughest running back schedule to start this year. So obviously this week against Atlanta, that looks really good. Um, but the guy I wrote up for, for this segment at least is, is Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, Tampa Bay giving up uh, eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. This looks like the giants best, uh, game this all year in terms of uh, at least their Vegas implied point total. Saquon Barkley, just massive, massive usage. It's kind of like um, it, it's really like Le'Veon Bell-esque. I was going to say Alvin mm -hmm. Kamara last year with more carries. Um, but yeah, he ranks top 30 among all players in receiving fantasy points per game, and then he ranks eighth uh, among all players and carries. So just, just amazing workload, uh, it's amazing production, amazing efficiency. And, and it looks like this is his best matchup. Uh, he might have all year. So, uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, thoughts, anyone on James Conner, right? If Le'Veon Bell was 7,200, it wouldn't matter who he's playing, right? He could play the, the, uh, you know, the all-star MVP team on defense. I'd still play Le'Veon Bell at 7,200. We got Le'Veon Bell at 7,200. His name's just James Conner. Uh, that looks like a, a stone-cold lock to me this week, Tyler. Do we have Le'Veon Bell, or do we have someone who's actually historically outperforming yeah. Le'Veon well, Bell? And well, I want – I we raided Le'Veon Bell's locker, and we replaced it with James Conner, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's too cheap on DraftKings. You're right. Yeah. yeah. There's the same play like basically when he was going against Baltimore. Um, it's just a great leverage play where people aren't that interested. Super cheap. Great spot. Do it. Yeah, I think um, should we get a cheap Baltimore starting quarterback, you can get three, you know, you can get pick your choice of any of the three high priced or two of the high priced running backs. Mix in James Conner. You get some really good receivers. It looks like two in the mid tier this week uh, makes for a pretty good lineup if you ask me today. So I like that. Uh, Tyler, you want to talk a couple of value guys. Scott already mentioned David Johnson's back now. David Jen, the price is starting to creep up on David Johnson. But, you know, two years ago, right? If this was 2016 and David Johnson was 7,500 on DraftKings, we'd be playing him no matter what. He's also got a nut matchup this week against Oakland. Uh, he's another one. It, it's very close between David Johnson and James Conner. I'm going to take James Conner because I trust the Pittsburgh offense to just kind of put up points, even though Big Ben's on the road. Um, who you got between those two if you got to make a make a tough choice there between DJ and James Conner yeah it's so hard for me yeah I'd probably lean DJ just because I think uh, he has the softer matchup um, honestly that's tough because I think uh, Conner could have better touchdown equity um, I'll probably uh, take the easy way out and split it 
Yeah, that's what that's what you do. <laughs> tell me all, t- tell me about this matchup. Just like, everything points to David Johnson. Better offense in the targets, getting just the usage is back. David Johnson's back. Yeah, he's back to vintage DJ, which is exactly what we wanted. In his last two outings, his yards per route run has climbed from 1.04 in weeks one through seven up to 2.33 in his last two games. It was 1.73 during his 80-catch season in 2016, so he's far out producing that as of now. His touches per game have also climbed from 18.0 in that first part of the season up to 24 in the last two games. Now draws Oakland's run defense that's allowed the second most rushing yards per game. They've allowed some big rushing stat lines opposing backs. Melvin Gordon went for 18 for 93. Raheem Mostert went for 7 for 86 and 1 the week before. And Marlon Mack went for 25, 132, and 2 uh, back in week 8. Uh, Oakland has all but given up this year. Um, I'm just loading up on DJ, to be honest. John Gruden is just hundred million dollars at home, just sitting there, <laughs> uh, just uh, a thief. I don't know. We got to see if the rebuild works. I don't know. You can't really hold it against them for tanking and trading everybody away. But uh, I don't know if Gruden's going to be able to pull that off. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Scott, so uh, interesting choice here. I think because there's so many good high-priced running backs, I don't think you need to go to the Deion Lewis train again. You don't need to go. To, I love Mark Ingram last week. Um, I think you can still play Mark Ingram uh, again this week. Uh, what are we doing with Deion Lewis? Still had 20 touches, just didn't get too much done. Had two targets, caught both of those last week. So the volume was there. We played him. The volume was good. We just didn't get the results we wanted. Is this a spot where we want to go back to it this week? Uh, yeah, I, obviously I love David Johnson. Um I mean, more than, more than Deion Lewis, Uh, but uh, you got got salary, Scott, we can't spend all our money. Right. Right. Uh, Lewis has played on a 74% of the team's snaps over his last three games, seen 61% of the carries, 75% of the targets on a per game basis, 17.3 carries, 4.0 targets per game. We know Derek Henry is still going to dominate the goal line work, but you know, he is being used as a, bell cow um and he's just way too cheap on DraftKings, uh and and the matchup makes sense as well uh the Colts are giving up the fourth most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs we know uh that's uh uh, where Deion lewis has excelled this year um also like tariq cohen for for tournaments in a game uh uh, oh, ooh, sorry. Uh, off the main slate. Off I always main, do that. You got a yeah. lot of off the main slate that you get. You're hoping pays off for you this week. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Deion Lewis, uh, he's just a, a value, and and you know maybe he he does lack touchdown upside, but he is uh, probably eight hundred dollars or so too cheap on DraftKings. Yeah, given the new role, uh, Tyler, Deion Lewis or Mark Ingram, hundred dollar difference on DraftKings ownership. Probably will be within 5% of each other by the time it's all said and done. Uh, who you got? Uh, I like Lewis a bit because I think the Colts are pretty susceptible to receiving backs. Um, same great price. He didn't get priced that much. Uh, just because uh, he had a mediocre outing last week doesn't mean we should fade him this week. Um, you got a punt for us, too. He's 3,300 on DK. I'm a little worried. He's he's not the receiving back for Philadelphia, for sure. I think it's Wendell Smallwood. I think I prefer... Smallwood, if I was shot taken on a Philadelphia running back this week, but uh, try to convince me, Josh Adams, somehow he's actually at uh, almost 10%, 7.5 projected ownership currently on a, on a Wednesday night. I don't, I don't know. I think this is pretty thin. I, I have a hard time convincing myself that Josh Adams is going to win me a tournament this week. No, it is thin, very much so. Uh, it's only really in play for New Orleans, Philly game stacks, but I think it's a great way to differentiate lineups if you are going that route. Great way to get salary relief as well. Uh, despite the Eagles' record, they're still top seven in the league in red zone trips per game. The Saints are allowing opponents to finish red zone trips for touchdowns 72.4% of the time. That's the fifth highest rate in the league. Josh Adams is by far their best back for those kind of roles. Um, he's looked fantastic for the Eagles in uh, his last two games, coming off 6.7 yards per carry in his last two outings, 3.9 yards after contact per attempt in those uh, two games. One shock me at all to see him take an inside handoff for a score. Uh, like I said, though, it's an absolute punt. 3,300 on DK, 4,500 on FanDuel. Uh, you're just really hoping for a touchdown here. And, I mean, there's not much ceiling, but if you can get 10 points, I, okay, I'm okay with that. 
I mean, someone finished like fifth or sixth in the Millionaire Maker last week with a zero from Taylor Gabriel. So, hey, if, if that can happen, you get 10 from that. Maybe it's not looking too good. Uh, I, I'm questioning the crowd here. Leonard Fournette, um, not efficient at all last week. 24 carries, 53 yards. This was at Indianapolis to a reasonably good matchup. He got into the end zone twice. Uh, he roasted Pittsburgh, uh, I think, in both meetings last year. He you know, got it done for us in fantasy last week. He's a nice 6,900 on DraftKings, uh, the cheapest of all the bell cow running backs, I believe by far. Anyone have a strong take? Not on the onset. I don't have any strong takes on Fournette. You got anything, Scott? Yeah. So he saw 24 carries and five targets. That's amazing. Um, and it was his first game back from, from injuries. If he's going to play the whole game, we know he's going to see uh, usage, uh, that maybe only four other running backs uh, are, are currently seeing. Uh, we saw that in week one, two, three targets and 1.5 quarters. So he, he's seeing we, – we've known this since the offseason that they were going to use him a little differently this year, mainly uh, get him more involved in the passing game and on third downs. And that was definitely true last week, and it was true in the limited sample before that. Um, He's going to dominate all the work near the end zone and Jacksonville's going to go far more run heavy when he's healthy and active. Uh, he's another one of those uh, high priced running backs to like for sure. Yeah, and you got your boy, Karrion Johnson, 5,800, probably my favorite little mid tier play there. Uh, if you're trying to Good pick call. some, yeah, probably like the last, I, I don't really see myself using anybody. I mean, I'll have some deals. Yeah, maybe I, I'd take carry on, I think, over that than Tevin um, against Dallas. But uh, uh, Tyler, I want to talk to you about uh, the snaps and pace article that Pat puts together on Pro Football. He's Football. watching right now. Oh, Pat's watching. So, so Pat, <laughs> congratulations. We're going to show everybody. Your, we're taking the paywall down just for the people watching the show and that listen to it on podcasts. And sometimes we talk about the high pace games, but I want to talk about Pat's mentioning of the Colts and the Titans because the Titans, they play slow. And if you look at Pat's, you know, the charts he has here, the Colts look like a high paced team. But if you really dig into what Pat reads, maybe they're not so uh, up in pace over their recent games here. So how do you, you know, how do you balance what a team's done over the past couple of weeks versus what they did to start the season as we progress later in the fantasy world, are you concerned maybe the Colts play a little bit slower and this is like a 23 to 17 game instead of a 31 to 24 type of game? Yeah. Well, I think we've seen both these offenses kind of evolve over the course of the season so far. So I definitely want to take a bit more of a nuanced look at their most recent games. I mean, we've, like I mentioned earlier, Luck's been getting healthier with his rehab um, as the years progressed, we've seen Mariota go from a full game where he threw it like five times and just carried it 20 times uh, all the way to last week where he was uh, throwing it all over the yard and looking really good. Um, no longer has that nerve ending in his hand. I think I think it was his hand. That's I hope he has the nerve ending. I just hope it's healed. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but ba basically what I think um, – what I, what I gathered from this was that it's uh, an interesting one from – a pace perspective with the Titans allowing the second fewest snaps or plays per game while operating at a very slow, I think it was bottom five mm -hmm. uh, seconds per snap. Um, Even without Derrick Henry, they're still, it seems like they're still plodding along there taking their time. Um, you go to the no huddle notes. If you guys read this article, just like Scott always tells me to scroll down to the bottom of his article it seems like on PFF, all the cool stuff's at the bottom of the article. So you get all the no huddle notes too. Uh, Pat talks about kind of this article and a couple other ones. Um, this is one of the must reads. I, I read this every week. I read Scott's article. Those are two of my main things on PFF. Um, lots of good stuff in here. Uh, so if you have PFF subscription, uh, check out Pat's article. And if you don't have PFF subscription, uh, what are you waiting for? So I use this every week in, uh, to make all my teams. So uh, let's get into some wide receivers. Uh, Scott, you're up. Uh, let's talk some studs here. There's a, you know, I, here's the problem I'm having with these expensive wide receivers, guys, is I like the expensive running backs and the expensive running backs are always going to take priority for me because their workloads are pretty much guaranteed. There's a lot of weird stuff that can happen in a game where Michael Thomas might see seven targets and Odell Beckham 
might get six targets. There's some weird things in there where you're never going to see Saquon Bar Barkley not really get a lot of targets or uh, a lot of touches outside of injuries. So I prefer the high-priced running backs. But Scott, all Michael Thomas, there's nobody competing for him. It's Elvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. That's how it goes. Julio Jones is at home, back inside. He's scoring touchdowns now. Odell Beckham against Tampa Bay. DeAndre Hopkins with uh, a more healthy uh, Deshaun Watson. Antonio Brown at 7,800 on DraftKings. What are they doing? All these guys are in great spots too. Which one's kind of kind of your favorite out of all? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote up uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I don't remember who who Tyler wrote. Maybe I like them more. But uh, Tyler's got uh, Odell Beckham. Yeah, so I do like Odell more this week. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins just has a nice matchup. Uh, Washington's been hemorrhaging points to opposing left wide receivers, which is where uh, he spends the plurality of his routes. Um, you know, uh, can't really go too wrong with him. Uh, don't think Washington has anyone that can cover him. But like you said, uh, I am trying to pay up at the running back position and, and grab value at the wide receiver position. Are you concerned if Marius Thomas is back a little bit more in the offense? Kiki QT, it looks like he's probably going to be. Are you concerned any of them eat into – 11 10 targets of deandre hopkins and somehow ends up with like seven no i mean he was still eating when kuti was healthy and fuller was healthy so uh i think i think he's uh he's still a smash play all right tyler let's talk i mean you don't have to tell me Odell Beckham jr is a good play you just insert <laughs> a great wide receiver against the buccaneers i'm sold that's all you got to tell me uh what do you got for me so it's kind of interesting he's on a career high in percentage of routes run from the slot this year uh, it's currently at 28.3. That would be, he's on pace for the most that he's ever done in his uh, five-year career. To date, he's hauled in 17 of 22 targets for 186 yards and a touchdown. Uh, those are rather pedestrian slot numbers. So I think it's just a matter of time until we see him take like one of those patented five-yard slants to the house from the slot. And I can't think of a better matchup to do it this week than against Tampa Bay, who's one of the worst defenses historically. Uh, defending the slot mj stewart is a guy we've routinely picked on this year he's allowing the most receptions receiving yards and touchdowns to opposing slot receivers for as much slack as we're giving malcolm butler i think mj stewart deserves just as much uh, and to be frank with the type of volume obj is seeing it doesn't really matter where he lines up though he's seeing double digit targets in all but one game and he had nine targets in that game he's tied for third in target share among all wide receivers in the league He's tied for third in the market share of air yards. Uh, I'm gunning for heavy exposure this week against a historically poor pass defense. Yeah, Devin, now go back to the screen share here, and I want to highlight something on the, the wide receiver cornerback chart. So, Devin, if you were taking a nap, sorry, you had to wake up from it. Probably not. Um, but, Scott, you know, you go to the wide receiver cornerback chart. We've done this a couple of times. I scroll down to the Giants, and I see the best possible slot matchup in all of football, and it's not just by a little bit. They are Tampa Bay's allowing 33.7 fantasy points per game to slot receivers, which is number one. Number two is at 26. So this is like a almost a what a 35% increase over the number two team, which would be Pittsburgh. This is this is like the absolute dream spot for Odell Beckham. Uh, I could see why you'd want him over Hopkins. I, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to have the salary for a lot of these guys. I'm going to prioritize the high-priced running backs specifically on my cash teams. Um, I do like some of the mid-tier wide receivers we're probably going to talk about. But if you have the money, uh, I think Odell's probably uh, the wide receiver that you want this week. Uh, Scott, let's go to a couple value guys. And, um, you know, Marvin Jones, right, might not practice. I uh, didn't practice today, might not practice tomorrow, might not play on Sunday. They have a quick turnaround. They got to play Thanksgiving Um so I don't know, kind of makes sense for them to sit out Marvin Jones. So let's enter a much too cheap Kenny Galladay at 5,800. Uh, if Marvin Jones sits, Kenny Galladay should be what a $6,700 receiver on DraftKings. Got 13 targets last week. A lot of that was in some garbage time, um, but he showed he's got the upside. Uh, if Marvin, jo I don't even care if, Mar if Marvin Jones is in, I still think I'm playing Kenny Galladay at 5,800. Uh, yeah, so, um, Galladay saw awesome usage last week. Jones did leave early due to the injury, but he saw a career high 13 targets. He was 
uh, very effective on those targets as well. Uh, the issue is the matchup's tough, but like you said, he's he's grossly underpriced. Uh, I have him as like a fringe wide receiver one this week. Yeah. Uh, I will say I, I didn't love the that argument for Odell Beckham, and, and this goes to the other guy I have written up as a value. And that's Sterling Shepard. Why why highlight the slot matchup for, for Beckham when he's running, let's say, 11 routes per game from the slot when you could play Sterling Shepard, a much cheaper price tag when he's running 38 routes per game from the slot. Uh, and that is where you want to target uh, Tampa Bay, uh, easily giving up the most by percentage of total receiving fantasy points, easily giving up the most. And, and Sterling Shepard, he's had his two – uh, best games and his two best matchups. The the only other two teams he's faced that rank bottom 10 in fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. I think that's Atlanta and new Orleans off the top of my head. Um, and then uh, I mean, I still really like Odell Beckham jr. But, but the play on that is, is that uh, by my data um, they're giving up the most, uh, uh, Tampa Bay is giving up the most schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receiver ones. Mm-hmm. So like outside wide receivers, like it doesn't look like they're giving up a lot, but you just key in on wide receiver ones and also on the slots they faced uh, the rank worst among all defenses. So yeah, Galladay, if Jones is out and, and Sterling Shepard though, I also like uh, Tyler's value play quite a bit. So that, that's a good call on him. Yeah, uh, let's talk too about uh, Corey Davis in here too, who he's 5,600. He should have been 5,600 last week. Goes out, has a monster game, and now he's 5,600 when he should be like 6,600. So how do I not play Corey Davis? The clear, true number one option. 10 targets each of the past two weeks. Monster game last week against New England. You can look at any metric on pro football focus, football outsider, sharp football, rotogram, anything in the entire industry the Colts suck at pass defense. They suck at pass rush. How do you not play Corey Davis at 5,600? Uh, I'm still <laughs> regretting not playing him last week at 4,500. <laughs> I, I, I had him in there, right? So, I mean, and then I like, I donkey swap like two minutes before lock half of my teams off of him. I'm just sitting there. What am I doing? What an idiot I was yesterday. But uh, I mean, yep. I had him on half my teams. I'm going to, I'm, I'm playing him this week. I don't really care what happens. He's too cheap. They bumped his price up to where it should have been last week when it still should be a thousand dollars higher. Yep. I'm, I'm still tilting last week's swap as well. Um, but I mean, it's such a great matchup here. Uh, guy had 10 targets back to back weeks. Like you mentioned, uh, we just have to remember volume over everything. And Davis is seeing it in spades. He remains the key cog in this passing attack, 31% target share, which is the second highest in the league. 73% Whopper, which is tied for third. Should see another big day here against the Colts. It's a 49-point total. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of volume go to Corey Davis's way. Yeah, I got to like him. Uh, I want to – you got an interesting punt here, and I'm going to I'm gonna try to challenge you on this one. So uh, we've got the disappearing act of Traquan Smith last week. Dude, where were you on the field? I don't know. He didn't have a target, didn't register a single statistic. What, what are we – what do you see in Traquan Smith this week in a game – Maybe it's a little bit closer. I think that I think the Saints are the best team on in football right now. They can boat race any team. It's in the Superdome. What what is Traycon? We got the ghost of Brandon Marshall possibly being of all. I don't expect too much this week, but maybe he gets a couple of targets. Ben Watson doesn't even exist anymore. This is Michael Thomas, then it's Alvin Kamara, and it's Mark Ingram right now. Nobody else matters in this offense. Yeah, but we got such a great matchup here against Philadelphia where they're down to like their fourth and fifth string cornerbacks due to injury. Um, it's the Saints' vertical passing attack. Like what could go wrong against these kinds of backups? Um, everything, but that's why it's probably best served for tournaments and not cash. Um, he didn't run a single pass route last week against Cincinnati in their 51-14 to 14 route. So there's definitely a lot of risk here in rostering Traquan Smith. But the matchup he didn't, he didn't run a single route last week? No. Oh, my that, no, 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 I'm not, I, I can't do it. Give, give me Willie Sneed for $300 more all day, every day. This isn't even close to me. Sneed has no ceiling, though, and I don't think you can take down a tournament with him. Traquan could get loose and bust one off anytime. Uh, he's clearly taken over the number two role in Tedkin's absence uh, in terms of snaps, um, not necessarily routes run because they didn't, ha- they didn't run a ton last week. Honestly, the Saints team just ran all over the Bengals. They got a ton of turnovers uh, due to Andy Dalton's poor play, and that's what was the main culprit for that game script last week. Um, 
But the Eagles corners this week, they could be Russell Douglas, Chandon Sullivan, Sidney Jones. Um, those, those are create a player mad names. Those aren't exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I think we're gonna see Drew Brees, uh, like you said earlier, boat race this team. They're nine point favorites right now. I think I'm gonna take the Saints easily at nine. How, how looking back, how did not everyone in the world bet on the Saints to? It was like six points in Cincinnati last week or something like. That. How how in the world did that not happen? Um, but anyway, uh, let's move. Scott, real quick, what's your, what's your thoughts on Traquan? I mean, I would say here's a list of guys. Kiki QT, he's $500 more. I'd play Cortland Sutton for $600 more. I'd play DJ Moore. I'd play Adam Humphreys. I'd play, I don't know, I'd play a lot of guys before Traquan Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tyler. I, I have no interest in. I'd play Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed for sure. Uh, I don't care who's a quarterback. <laughs> Willie Sneed's a man. Okay, well, uh-huh. we'll have a side bet. Willie Sneed versus Traquan. All right, I'll, I'll just deposit. Just send me PayPal right now. It's <laughs> I already won. Um, let's go to tight end. Uh, I don't. Know. We we've got stud tight end. It's obviously Zach Ertz. He um, like if you get forty fantasy points from your tight end, you win. It doesn't matter what else you do. You won. You won. Game and over. That's, that's what Zach Ertz did last week. Both of you have him as your stud. Uh, Scott, you haven't talked in a while. What do we? Are we worried? So Golden Tate right didn't play a lot of snaps last week. You got to think he's probably a little bit more up on the no huddle. You know, some of the calls, he's probably get a couple more snaps this week. Do you think Golden Tate, we didn't even really talk about him. Do you think he's viable in DFS? And then do you think he eats into Ertz at all, who at 6,600 on DraftKings, I mean, sure, he's a tight end, but if you're looking at wide receiver, you're clearly playing Zach Ertz over any $6,600 wide receiver, in my opinion, in, in that range. Are you playing him? or Keenan Allen, or Elshon Jeffrey. It's not even close to me at that point. So if if you told me uh, Golden Tate would resume his typical slot role and play a full workload, uh, which he didn't last week, he played like a fifth. Uh, but if he played a full workload, I, I would love him. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore probably shadowing Alshon Jeffrey, and then the Saints – they're like one of the few teams where I actually care about tight end matchups. Um, there's maybe like only four defenses where it matters good or bad. And, and the saints, for whatever reason, it matters uh, right now. They rank third best in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends last year, they ranked best. Uh, so I do think this is a tough matchup for Ertz. Um, so I would like to play golden Tate, but I, uh, you know, he's too risky for me given the, what was it? 15% snap share he played last week. And uh, you know, even in a super tough matchup, just the value Zach Ertz is giving you this year by my data, it's the best usage of any tight end of the past decade. And it's not particularly close uh, in terms of production too. I think it ranks third best. It, it's on pace to rank third best all time among all tight ends. Uh, just any smashing, all tight ends in a really down year. The only one who is close is Travis Kelsey and he's hurt. Um, so, you know, I don't care too much about the matchup. Uh, the, the guy is just kind of setting the world on fire. Um, that said, I, I don't see myself having too much exposure. I think I'm mm-hmm. just going to pay down with one of these, you know, uh, yeah, don't, don't spoil types, you, but... you got my dude who's in my shell cash team. And this is going to surprise a value play. So don't spoil it yet. We'll wait for that. But right, I want to, heck, heck yeah. Heck. I, I want to talk to Tyler on Vance McDonald. That's his value play. Uh, I think it's a pretty good one, right? Slot, middle of the field, what, whatever. Sc- Scott was giving us all kinds of stats about Tampa Bay, left wide receivers and slot wide receivers. They just suck. You can play anybody against Tampa Bay <laughs> if you ask me. So how, how, Vance McDonald's 4,000. He's going to be involved a little bit. Um, Evan Ingram's 4,100. He's not really getting involved too much. Jack Doyle's 4,200. Eric Ebron's running reverses and getting touchdowns (laughs) left wide open, feeling all my fantasy points. Below him, you got Jared Cook. The Raiders are purposefully not throwing him the ball because they want to lose. Jordan Reed, he's washed. Hewerman, was that a one-shot wonder? I don't know. Ben Watson, I don't know. He doesn't even get targets. He's Traquan Smith to me. He doesn't exist anymore. There's really not a lot to like at tight end. We've got Zach Ertz. you got a couple other guys. I think McDonald's a fine play this week is kind of what. 
I've honestly been either paying up at the top or going a complete punt for the yeah, last that, couple That's of what years. me and Scott are doing. <laughs> it's kind of the way to go. Uh, Vance, I think you could get away with in cash games, though, if you're trying to get get a guy that you have, I don't know, some kind of safety in, uh, considering last week the Colts' tight ends combined for eight catches, 133 yards, and three touchdowns, and ran in a fourth touchdown on the ground by Ebron. Vance roasted these guys in the playoffs last year, catching 10 passes for 112 yards on 16 targets. Tight end positions, an ugly one. Uh, I think Vance is a little bit of a, a a guy you can put some rouge on and think he's a little pretty this week. Yeah, I think he's fine. All right, Scott, you got two value plays. I'm going to give you about 90 seconds. Uh, start with Hewerman, and then we'll get to my value play du jour uh, at tight end about that. Is Hewerman real? Is this a real thing? 37, can we get all these targets again? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't set your expectations too high, but – but perhaps when we all thought it was Cortland Sutton, who was going to see the bigger workload said, he kind of saw the same workload he, he has been seeing uh, just in terms of routes and, and everything. It was Huberman who, you know, saw the big increase in routes and targets. Uh, maybe he's the, the one to watch out for. He also has a, a good tight end matchup, but like I said, don't really care about tight end matchups too much, except in extreme cases. Uh, but your guy is James O'Shaughnessy. Oh who I, yeah. Give, I, give me all the stud running backs is basically why I like them. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned him on the podcast last week, or I at least mentioned him in, in uh, my Saturday article. Um, so he's 100 off minimum on DraftKings. Uh, so all season, Jacksonville tight end one has averaged uh, like six targets per game with, even without Austin Safarian Jenkins, it's been like 6.5 targets per game. Uh, he had a productive day last week. Um, so just, Super cheap, guaranteed, uh, six targets, you know, in a bad year for tight ends where you can't say that for, you know, maybe all but like eight tight ends. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's he's a great play at that that price tag. But but let's hear your your pitch, Britt, because I, I know you like him even more than me. Well, it's all it's all that you said. My pitch is it gets me Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and James Conner. And I, it, it gets me what I want to play on my teams this week, on my cash teams. This right, week. exactly. That's what I'm getting at. And outside of Ertz, I mean, if Ertz gets 40 again, you're going to have to have Ertz on your tournament team. But outside of that, it is just a – it's a complete – I don't think Austin Hooper is completely as real as we've seen. Olsen, that, I don't know, I think that's a slow game. O.J. Howard's fine, but I don't know, still a little bit risky and he's expensive. I like Vance. I like O'Shawn. If I'm paying – if I'm going to pay 4000 and have the possibility of getting three or four fantasy points, I might as well play 2600 to get the kind of exact same of, of possibility as O'Shawn say. Um, all right, we got to get out of here. Week 11 wrapped up in the books. Uh, go check out Pro Football Focus. Get Scott's article, Pat's article. Tyler writes some articles. There's a whole bunch of stuff. If you really want advanced statistics, they have a next level um, premium. Um, I use that. I have access to it. Um, I think that's why it helps me uh, win in DFS if you really are a uh, elite fantasy player and want access to some of the best information out there. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Scott and Tyler, thanks for joining me. I'm Britt, and uh, we out you. Thank you.